Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Demario Sports Show. Uh, today is Monday, October 24th, um, and we're here just for a quick NFL Sunday Week 7 breakdown. Uh, first uh, time doing this, uh, so from now on, I'm probably going to do the NFL um, breakdown um, on Mondays, right, when it's fresh in everybody's mind, uh, so we have more time to go more in-depth on um, more topics, I would say, uh, throughout the rest of the sports week, so we can dive deeper into uh, whatever's going on that week, including um, this Wednesday, um, a World Series preview, um, as well as a look at the NBA, how the season's been going so far, uh, as well as uh, continuing to look at the White Sox manager, um, Hunt, and who they're going to hire here. Um, still interviews going on right now, so we're not sure who the White Sox are going to hire. Um, it won't be Bruce Bochy, as he um, was just hired already by the Rangers. Um, but yeah, besides that, we're going to jump right into the NFL um, Week 7, starting off with uh, probably the best game of the weekend, and that's Packers-Commanders. Commanders end up beating the Packers 23-21. Uh, that is three straight losses for the Green Bay Packers, who dropped down to 3-4. and four. I mean, just very, very disappointing, I would say, uh, for the Packers. Commanders completely outplayed the Packers throughout the entire game. Um, 130 more total yards for them, 132 more rushing yards. Um, just a dominant performance, I would say, for the offense. And uh, Taylor Heineke just added a different spark. 20 for 33, uh, 204 yards and two touchdowns. Made some big-time throws, especially down the stretch on that last drive. Uh, threw into a really tight window on the sideline in that fourth quarter, um, allowing them to go down and take the lead. Had another great throw to um, Antonio Gibson up the middle. Um, in the back of the end zone, which was a, a very solid throw um, for his second touchdown of the game. So, yeah, I really thought um, the Commanders looked much, much better without Wentz in there. Um, I know Wentz is injured. Um, Rodgers wasn't too bad. I mean, he had 294 yards, two touchdowns. But besides that, I mean, he he wasn't really – I mean, his receivers haven't been helping him much at all this season. And it's it just shows how important Devontae Adams was for these guys if – as we mentioned, as I've mentioned um, a couple weeks ago, it just seems like that connection between um, Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers was very important for both of them. Um, as you could see, um, Devonte Adams hasn't really been um, playing like his usual self, um, as we've seen a lot uh, throughout most of his career. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers really misses him, and it shows. I mean, you expect the Packers to win games like that. I mean. Three straight losses for them. You never see that. That's obviously uh, the first of Matt LaFleur's career is he never lost two games in a row. Uh, so now this is the first time they lose three in a row. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers just didn't seem happy once again, and it just keeps coming down uh, to these really close plays. Aaron Rodgers ends up getting drilled on that last play. Um, the game came down to laterals. I'm surprised they didn't just try Hail Mary. Um, they're on about the 45-yard line, and we know Rodgers has a top-five arm in the NFL who can get it to the end zone from there. Um, but they decided to pitch it instead, uh, throw it short, and um, focus on laterals. They got all the way inside the 10. Rodgers had one more chance to throw it backwards. He had a guy open. He would have been able to walk into the end zone probably, but Rodgers missed him, threw the ball out of bounds after getting lit up, throwing that ball out of bounds. Just, looked, just went down pretty hard, and, yeah, he got, like, smoked on that play. So since it's a lateral, obviously it was legal um, to hit him like that, but – yeah, the Packers were almost able to come down in that last second um, to win the game, but it, they weren't, and um, now the Commanders go to 3-4. and four. I mean, I know they're probably out for the division, 
just considering how dominant the Cowboys and the Giants are at this point, as well as the Eagles, um, who are undefeated still, um, only undefeated team left um, in the NFL. So Commanders win 23-21, and the Packers are in big-time trouble. We'll see if the Vikings can able, are able to hold on to that division lead uh, as they were on a bye this weekend. So um, right now they are 5-1 and one with the Packers sitting at 3-4. and four. Um, Lions, who we'll talk about in a minute, are 1-5. and five. Uh, Bears obviously still 2-4, and four, so the Bears can get to second place in that division with a win tonight against the Patriots. Uh, but moving on from that, another shocking, shocking game to me is the Buccaneers losing um, to an XFL quarterback, P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers, who just traded Robbie Anderson um, as well as Christian McCaffrey, both of their top playmakers on that team. They still kept D.J. Moore for now. We'll see how long that holds up who had a touchdown this game, but yeah, P.J. Walker, 16 for 22, 177 yards, and just played, and I wouldn't say he outplayed Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a good game. I mean, he threw the ball a lot, 49 times, 32 for 49, 290 yards, but um, the issue there was with no, no touchdown. So it's just that whole entire team has just been so shaky. The O-line's been shaky. Um, Fournette was really a non-factor that game, I would say. Um, pretty much the first time this season when he hasn't really been that big of a factor with them only scoring three points. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, once again, just seems to be losing on the sideline. And to go through all this retirement, all this stuff that's going on with his family, just to play against a guy like P.J. Walker and lose to the Panthers are just horrendous. They just fired their coach. And, I mean, they should be embarrassed, quite frankly, the Buccaneers. Tom Brady had one um, dime to Mike Evans, who he ended up dropping that one just shows how in their heads they are at this point. Right now they're tied. I mean, they're three and four. Everybody, there's three teams that are three and four right now um, in that division. So obviously it, with it just being such a poor division with the Falcons right now um, being tied um, in first place with the Buccaneers, it just, I you would assume that they make the playoffs, but they pl- they lost the worst team in the NFL arguably and. It wasn't even close. They only scored three points, allowing 21 to a team with really no offensive weapons at all at this point after maybe only DJ Moore after they traded away their literal entire team. Uh, but, yeah, we saw Evans drop a wide-open touchdown earlier in the game. Another thing that will make Tom Brady mad, just he always seems to be blaming other people. He can't be his fault, obviously. Uh, that's just the way he thinks. So, um, unfortunately, that's the situation for the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady should have retired when he had the chance, if we're being honest. Um, just addicted to football, I guess, and that's going to end up pretty much hurting his legacy. I mean, obviously, his legacy is set with those seven touchdowns, but just wonder how people remember him in the short term with just this type of season that he's having right now. Um, just probably should have walked away when he had the chance. So uh, moving on from that, Dak Prescott was finally back for the Dallas Cowboys after breaking his thumb, missing multiple weeks. Uh, luckily for the Cowboys, Cooper Rush was able to keep them at four and two, which just keeping them at over five hundred was very important for them. As I think they probably have a top five offense in the league, just with that receiving core of Ceedee Lamb, Gallup, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard. Uh, with Dak being um, at the helm at quarterback, highest completion percentage in Dallas Cowboys history for him, as well as the most passing yards per game um, so far in his career for Prescott. But in that game, Prescott. Uh, 19 of 25, 207 yards and a touchdown um, against, uh, I think it was probably Jared Goff's second 
one of his maybe his first or second worst game. He threw two interceptions again, uh, and it's only six points for the Lions in the past two weeks. Uh, you wonder uh, what the future holds for Dan Campbell, and I mean, it, it does have to be pretty frustrating. It's almost like every game for um, Detroit, he has. I know he, the guy's a real hard nosed guy, but sometimes I don't know what goes on in his head. He just he's too much of a meatball, I would say at times. Just say like just too energetic. Blame he said he always says my bad, blaming himself for things and how he's gonna have to work on that. But yeah, the Lions are just a losing franchise, and thinking like that, it's almost like they expect to lose, and winning is. Not an afterthought, but it's just so shocking for them to win. Everything in that organization is built on losing, and they, they have that frame of mind that you have to worry about not losing instead of winning. I mean, and that's not a good mindset for the Lions. At the be- beginning of the season, they started off 1-1 uh, one and one after two very solid games against good teams. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, they've lost five, four, four straight games um, to get to 1-5. and five. And, yeah, their offense was clicking heavily in the beginning of the season. Um, their bunch of rushing yards, I mean, everything was going well for them. They have a top-five offensive line statistically. Uh, they did before these last two weeks. But, um, yeah, there's nothing else to be really said. Their defense isn't anything special. And the Cowboys held them in no touchdowns again. So that's the second straight week. Um, well, no, they had one touchdown. They tried to go for two uh, to get it to a one-possession game. Uh, but that ended up not um, going well for them and they got stopped so they end up losing by 18 points um and yeah it was good to have Dak back and I think the Cowboys are gonna obviously be a contender I think they're still probably gonna win that division I mean be, be in second I think eventually they'll overpass the Lions I think the Lions or not the Lions the Giants have probably two more wins or not two more wins but I think they can get to 10 wins easily um with some of these opponents that have and that's only that would only be four more um so yeah they play a bunch of under 500 teams but I just think Dallas is a 12-win team. We'll see what we'll see what happens with um the Eagles. I don't know if they'll be able to continue um this undefeated streak. And I think I know that was a tough loss to the Cowboys last week. If they could have just on the schedule had Dak back maybe um that week instead of this week, it would have been a different story. But we'll see how that uh division goes and if the Eagles are able to hang on uh to that undefeated season they have so far. Um but besides that, yeah, I think the Cowboys are probably one of the top contenders in the NFC, and I think the NFC East right now is probably the best division in football, which after how much of a joke they were the past couple of years, I know Dallas has been better the last two, but when they had seven win teams making the playoffs, I think they've came a long way from that. And just with these three teams at the top of the division, it, it seems very good for football, especially when you got the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles, um, three very historic franchises up there. Um, I think it's it's pretty, it's pretty good for the NFL, so we'll see who ends up taking over that division. I think it's going to be pretty close uh, for the rest of the season, so um, pretty interesting development to watch out for there as the two favorites in the NFC before the season, I would say, were the Packers and the Buccaneers, but right now they don't look like they're – I mean, the Packers, I don't think they're a playoff team just with how solid the NFC is, but I also think that the Buccaneers will probably make the playoffs as a division winner – I think you could win that division at nine and eight. I think they'll probably get to maybe ten and seven, but I don't think they'll be much more than that, just considering how bad of a performance they put on um, against the Buccaneers or against the um, Panthers, which is a team that you should blow out. And we'll see if that's a wake up call for the Buccaneers. But uh, yeah, the NFC East right now has 
came a long way um, from as they where they were a couple years ago. And speaking of coming a long way um, from a couple years ago, the Jets at the Broncos. So um, no Russell Wilson out due to a shoulder injury. Um, he might be back next week, they say. But yeah, tough loss again uh, for the Broncos. They were able to hang in there um, with the ripen at quarterback. But um, Zach Wilson, once again, nothing really explosive, I would say, for the numbers. Uh, 16 for 26, 120 y- 121 yards, no touchdowns for him. Brees Hall had 72 yards and a touchdown. But unfortunately for the Jets, um, Brees Hall is out for the season, um, which has just come out today with a torn ACL. A huge blow for the rookie running back, and uh, it's just—it's really unfortunate. They have such a young team, and he's one of their biggest building blocks um, it, to build around in terms of just that young uh, core. And unfortunately, he's out for the season, so we'll see how that impacts the rest of his career. And um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Jets—they have a pretty good running back core that might be able to uh, work out behind him. Uh, and I think the receiving core has been solid with Barrios um, and Garrett Wilson and. Yeah, it's just it's very unfortunate for the Jets, who right now sit one game back um, for the Bills. Um, yeah, but yeah, just the Jets were able to win sixteen to nine. Nothing special, I wouldn't say in that game. But yeah, playing against a backup like that, it almost makes it seem like the Broncos. I know they're obviously not going to give up on the season yet, but if you get to two and six, two and seven, and you have Russ under contract for so long, I know you could try to wait for a draft pick, but. Just with the receiving core they have now, it's going to be tough to build through that draft. And their own line's okay. Um, it's just they're in a really weird position, and I don't think they're a bad team. I honestly do think they're poorly coached um, at this point. I don't know much about Nathaniel Hackett besides the fact that his play calling and time management has been pretty bad this season. And I know he had a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you could say that Wilson at times in his career has been in the same upper echelon um, as Aaron Rodgers, but obviously um, things are not working out there. And I know they're kind of similar players. They can get outside the pocket um, when they need to. Don't really rely on that scramble, but they're, they're able to get out of the pocket. Both have very strong arms, um, and both have been leaders throughout their careers. But I think they just got to come up with a different approach uh, to handle this season and maybe try to keep throwing that ball downfield. I, I know you keep saying let Russ cook and all that, but we have been doing that this season, um, and Russ has just been – Really struggling, I would say, um, just to say the least. And now he's out. Might be back next week. But, yeah, the Broncos are in huge trouble. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to recover from that. Um, but a big story, a team that's been able to really bounce back um, from when, where they were a couple weeks ago, that's Bengals. Um, the Bengals were at the Falcons, and um, the Bengals' offense finally exploded. They finally had that big performance we were all waiting for. And Joe Burrow had a spectacular game. 345 yards in the first half uh, for Joe Burrow. Finished the game 3, 34 for 42, um, 481 yards and three TDs. I mean, an outstanding game from Burrow. Probably one of the best of his career. And, yeah, he's been on a hot streak lately, and I think um, Zach Taylor's got them to really click at this point. Um, Two wins in a row. The offense had looked good in both of those games. Uh, Joe Burrow put up 50 fantasy points in PPR leagues. So, I mean, just a dominant performance from him, to say the least. And it, he was on pace for like 700 yards um, after that big first half that he had. Um, but, yeah, he only ends up with um, less than 100 yards in the second half passing, but he really didn't need it. It was a bit of a blowout. The Falcons hung in there for most of the game. Um, they put up 17, only lost um, 30, 
five to seventeen. So, but I'm um, going back to the Bengals. Um, Jamar Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd combined for 185 yards and three TDs, uh, 130 yards for um, Chase and 100, uh, I think 145, 150, yeah, 155 yards for Boyd um, in that game. So it, it kind of reminded me of 2021 when they had four got they had three receivers with a thousand yards, as well as a running back and um, Joe Burrow just obviously had a dominant season last year, winning MVP, um, but. They still have those same players. The team is very similar to last season. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to turn things around. And uh, the AFC North seems to be down this year. I, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Ravens uh, for the rest of the year. Obviously, the Steelers are um, not great um, at this point. So I think that um, the Bengals are going to start running away um, with it. Yeah, because in the Browns, they're, they're way down too. Um, we'll get to them in a minute. But yeah, they lost again. Um, a heartbreaking game, uh, last second field goal attempt. But uh, yeah, I think the Bengals are going to end up running away um, with the North. So pretty exciting um, time uh, to be a Bengals fan again. And I think they're going to start turning things around big time. I still think they're a 10-11 win team, maybe more, if they could just go on a really um, big hot streak right now. So um, Bengals win 35-17, and they look um, very much back. And the Falcons, they still... They have Kyle Pitts, they have Patterson, but yeah, this is obviously a rebuilding year for them. They don't have much talent elsewhere, um, and Marcus Mariota, just an interim type of quarterback, um, before they could maybe draft another one um, or develop uh, Ritter, who they have on the bench um, right now, who they drafted um, in the 2022 NFL draft. So um, yeah, nothing really much else to say for the Falcons. They're hanging in there. Um, they're a pretty gritty team, and I think Arthur Smith has done a good job this season um, keeping them in games. They're in games with the Rams. They're in a bunch of games this season, in games with the Buccaneers. Both of those games ended in single-digit losses. Uh, so I think we'll see the Falcons hanging in there. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Buccaneers eventually are going to have to step up. I know Godwin is finally healthy, and you still have Tom Brady and Mike Evans, guys that will still make plays. But, yeah. The Falcons are doing a good job of hanging in there at three and four. I'm staying in there with the division right now, tied um, for that lead. A team that right now, though, is in major trouble um, in the AFC South is the Colts. Uh, Colts lose um, to the Titans 19-10, and Matt Ryan had another two-interception game. Another mistake, I would say, for um, this Colts team was going out uh, to try to get a guy like Matt Ryan um, in a trade. They they got Matt Ryan, an Atlanta Falcons legend who has had very, very solid numbers, won an MVP there, made, led him to a Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, another miss on them. They had Wentz last season, another veteran guy that they thought maybe was a big piece for them and could lead them to possibly um, another division and Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, but, really, Matt Ryan, you, maybe it was just him being comfortable in Atlanta used to their system there, but now, I mean, he, he's really struggled turning the ball over a lot, and he got benched to Sam Ellinger now. Um, he finished that game, but it looked like he got injured um, a little bit, and yeah, he jumps past Nick Foles, who is still there, but yeah, you know what you're going to get on Nick Foles, and I don't know if it's rebuilding. Um, maybe it's a good job by Frank Reich to try to save his job. Maybe just not really say it's an ex- as an excuse, but... No one's going to really be expecting you to win with Sam Ellinger, um, the former Texas quarterback, um, as your starter. I don't think 
Um, anyone expects them to do much with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how that turns out. I don't think they're going to get much better production out of Allinger. Maybe just because he's younger, he'll be able to kickstart things, maybe get a little bit of a spark going in that Colts locker room because they're not even close to say they're out of the race right now for the South. Um, the Titans right now are four and two, but the Colts still sit at three, three and one. Um, that tie to the Texans is going to really looks ugly at this point. But um, besides that, I think the Colts, I don't know what you're going to see this season. I think they're going to probably start going down the drain with Ellinger. I know uh, Jonathan Taylor um, was back um, this week. First game he's played in a while. Um, so he missed the past three weeks with an injury, but he was back only at 50 something yards. So um, nothing much. Derrick Henry, 128 yards, um, no touchdowns for him, but he got back to um, a large amount of carries, had 30 carries for 128 yards. Um, and they won 19 to 10. Ryan Tannehill, 13 for 20, um, 134 yards. So he was all right. Um, not turning the ball over, which is important for him. And, yeah, I think the t- this is a bad Titans team, I would say. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're sticking together, and I think um, they're going to end up having a chance to win that division um, for sure, um, just with how down it is right now. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it for that division right now. Colts trending down, Titans um, sticking there with 4-2 record, a team that isn't very good, but... I feel like they're never really that great, um, but they're always able to hang in there, and they have been um, for years now at this point. Um, But going to New York now, um, staying in the AFC South with the Jaguars, who they played against, uh, the Giants won 23-17. Somehow the Giants um, were underdogs in that game. The Jaguars were listed as uh, minus three before the game. They were at two and four at that point. Um, Now the record sits at two and five after the loss. Um, but yeah, I, I never, I didn't really understand how they could have been favored, just with how solid the Giants have been. All their wins so far, actually, every game this season for the Giants has been a one-score game. Um, but they were able to pull it out again, and their closest, their biggest win was by eight against the Bears um, three weeks ago when the Bears played them on that um, noon game. But yeah, the Giants were able to get another win, and Daniel Jones made history for the Giants. Uh, first player to have 100 yards rushing and 200 yards passing in a single game. Um, both of those. Just I know in the past we've seen the Giants have very non-mobile quarterbacks. Um, obviously with Eli Manning, not somebody who's going to run well. Um, but yeah, I mean, another solid run for the Giants, and they keep hanging in there. Barkley had 24 carries for 110 yards, and I'm a big fan of Brian Dable. Um, he, he just seems like he gets it. And he completely changed uh, the career trajectory of Josh Allen, who right now is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, um, right up there with Mahomes. So uh, maybe he's going to be able to turn things around with Daniel Jones, who uh, before this thought there's no way that he was going to come back as a Giants quarterback. The, the Giants still have major cap space problems. And just the roster isn't even that talented, I would say. No really big names uh, for them. But yeah, they still struggle right now with cap space. Um, and I think that um, the Giants are a playoff team. They got a bunch of under 500 teams that they're going to play um, upcoming to probably get to 10 wins. I think 10 uh, gets you a shot at the playoffs, just considering how the Packers may be down and out as a wild card team. Obviously, you never know what to expect from them, but I don't think a wild card spot's going to come 
um, out of the NFC South either. So I, I think that um, they might be safe at a playoff spot if they could win the games that they're supposed to win uh, to get to 10 wins. I think 10 definitely gets you in. I'm not a guarantee, but I, at this rate, I think the Rams, they're not great. Um, so the uh, NFC West isn't dominant, I would say, at all. Uh, so, yeah, watch out for the Giants to continue this, maybe make a playoff run. And that leaves a question mark in the head um, of the front office um, of the Jaguar or of the Giants deciding if they make that decision to bring back Daniel Jones. And if not, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have a lower, not a great draft pick. And right now the quarterbacks, I think the draft class is solid right now, but obviously I think uh, – You'll see guys like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young go in the top five. Then then it leaves guys like Will Levis, um, guys like Hendon Hooker. You wonder what's going to happen with them. Are they a better option than Daniel Jones at this point? Um, for me, I would say no. So I think you stick with this guy. Maybe give him a one-year deal, see if he could earn a bigger contract um, in the future. But, yeah, I think you've got to bring back Daniel Jones at this point. And we'll see the Giants. Not a very talented roster. Couldn't really name a receiver on their team if you tried. Um, Kenny Galladay, not a great guy, but or not a great receiver. I don't know. I'm sure he's a fine guy, but I'm saying just not a big name guy that you would have um, as your top receiver who was pretty down last season after signing a big contract. But they just continue to find ways to win. Uh, Tony, the, the guy uh, they drafted uh, two years ago in the second season has been okay, but you're still not big name guys, and they're continuing to be able to win games like that. And for the Jaguars, it's unfortunate they got off to a really hot start in the beginning of the season. Um, but that was really, I mean, it might have been just a fluke. They got guys like uh, Christian Kirk in the offseason, uh, a bigger name receiver who has been solid this year, I would say. But, yeah, they got guys. They got Travis Etienne again. Um, but, yeah, it seemed like they might have had players. Um, Etienne, this is his first season because he missed last year. Um, the whole season with an injury, he got hurt in training camp. Um, but, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence, you look at his throwing numbers, he never really throws the ball down the field more than 20 yards, which is an issue for a guy who at Clemson had a strong arm. And, yeah, I, I think he's got okay receiver talent around him. Uh, he's got Zay Jones as well, just veteran guys that can make plays. But I still think they got a, a lot of work to do. Um, and I think their main issue is still, I mean, they have okay receivers, but they could use more receiving uh, talent, and uh, their defense obviously could use some help after losing Miles Jack um, in the offseason. So I think the Jaguars have a chance to maybe be a 7-8 win team. I think their roster talent is at that point, but at this point, I don't know. They, they seem like a 6-11, 5-12 team. I just still think it's possible to turn it around, but I don't see them getting to above 500, and I think that could be a major issue uh, for the Jaguars, who are going to have another setback. Um, as a franchise, uh, which is definitely something to look at um, if you're a Jaguars fan. And I think uh, Doug Peterson might be able to turn them around a little bit, um, but no, not not really at this point. Uh, moving on down the list of games, Texans, Raiders. Uh, Raiders, I think, are much better than the 1-4 uh, team that they were before this game. Now they're at 2-4 and four, um, with a 38-20 win against the Raiders. Not really much to talk about in this game. Jacobs is on a tear again at over 100 rushing yards um, and got him end zone twice. So um, pretty major moves for him. And um, the Raiders 
finally get a win, and I don't think the the record really doesn't signify what kind of team they've been. I, I just don't think that they're as bad as they are as two and four team. I thought uh, the AFC West before the season seemed like it was going to be um, an extremely competitive division, and right now there's a lot of bad teams. Um, the Raiders and Broncos are all bad teams. And nothing special out of the Niners, who dropped down to three and four. And it's a time I didn't think the Chiefs. I in the beginning of the season I didn't predict the Chiefs to make the playoffs, and right now they're at five and two. They completely proved me wrong. Up oh, in that time, so they won forty four to twenty three against the Niners. Um, Patrick Mahomes goes twenty five for thirty four, uh, four hundred twenty three yards and three TDs. Once again, throwing the ball all over the place. Juju Smith Schuster, uh, second consecutive game with over a hundred yards. Uh, used to, I used to still Travis Kelsey who got in the end zone again. And uh, the Chiefs, once again, their offense continues to click. And you would have thought after Tyreek Hill, um, they could be in a bad spot. Um, but, yeah, that has proven not to be the point. Nico Hardman has kind of stepped up um, as that speedy receiver um, role for that team. And I, I just think that the Chiefs right now look like they're going to run away with this division again. I know their defense isn't great. Um, they got okay talent, I would say, uh, with Frank Clark and guys like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't think their defense is much special. The receiving core, you got Kelsey and Hardman, as I just talked about, but uh, Sky Moore is okay, and there's a lot of no-name guys that you wouldn't really expect um, to go out and do what they do for the Chiefs at this point of the season. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's what you have there. And then for the Niners, they did get Christian McCaffrey, uh, but that didn't really help. He wasn't really that much of a factor so far in that game. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting how that um, – AFC, or how the NFC West goes. The Rams are kind of in the same position as the Niners right now. Um, not a great team, but we'll see if they're able to hang in there. Um, and yeah, I think that um, it's a big question mark for if um, the Niners are going to be able to compete in that division um, and come away with really any success. So uh, yeah, Niners currently 3-4. and four. Um, Rams had a bye this week, so uh, right now they sit at 3-3. Three and three. So big uh, talking point uh, for the rest of the season is going to be how the Niners um, contend with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they will beat the Saints um, in a pretty solid performance, I would say, for them. Um, 32-24 over the uh, – that was on um, Thursday Night Football where they um, came away with the win. Not a great game, but um, they were just hanging in there in the West – um, of the NFC. So I, that's really um, it. Um, besides um, for the games we talked about, um, last one is Browns-Ravens. Uh, that's a game, it went down the stretch. The, the Browns hung in there uh, with their running game. Uh, Nick Chubb had another solid performance, but um, the Ravens finally woke up in the end of that fourth quarter. Um, the Ravens before that had really been turning the ball over a lot down the stretch. We saw in that Giants game, uh, Lamar threw a tough interception to lose that game. Um, but instead of just having Lamar go out there and throw the ball over the place, um, they they kind of took much better care of the ball. Uh, they continued to run the ball down in the second half. Um, you wonder how um, the game would have ended. Nick Chubb ended up running out of bounds um, on third down to make it fourth down. Um, going into the goal line there, they ended up having to um, give the Ravens the ball back, and it ended up costing them. They would have been able to run the clock down, but they weren't. Uh, so the Ravens were able to go down and win the game. Um, Browns had a chance to win it on a field goal, ended up going kicked right into the um, offensive line um, just because of the wind, had to kick it low. And um, 
yeah, another win um, this time for the Ravens, who, who desperately needed a win to stay in there um, and stay contending um, with the Bengals, who I think are going to go on a hot streak. So we'll see which one of those teams um, are, is more successful. They're going to have to battle it out. And I think that might be one of the – besides the um, NF, um, besides the NFC South, I think that's going to be another really close um, division. Um, I think you also have, like I talked about, the NFC uh, West. All those three, I think, are going to be the closest. Because right now, it seems like the Vikings are really running away um, with the NFC North. Um, Packers, 3-4. and four, Bears, they're a bad team. The Lions also um, are one of the worst teams in the NFL at this point. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of great teams so far besides in the NFC East, as well as the, a- the AFC East with the Bills right now. Uh, Dolphins end up winning again on Sunday Night Football. Um, really, really tough game, I would say, last night uh, for Kenny Pickett, who had two chances uh, to take the lead and win that game. Uh, both of those opportunities ended in interceptions. Uh, one, they were driving inside the goal line through, through a pick pretty badly. And then um, the, the, the first one that he threw was just really good job of the corner um, jumping it on Pittsburgh. But, yeah, two, uh, apparently that concussion uh, didn't advise him to do anything else. He's still lowering his head into guys. Um, and still running hard like he doesn't really um, worry about it, which probably isn't smart. Um, but, yeah, he was talking about how he worried about protecting himself now more, and as soon as he gets the ball on a run, he just lowers his head into somebody. So apparently Tua did not learn his lesson um, about how to slide. Um, but the Dolphins ended up winning 16-10. to 10. Um, And a crazy stat I saw last night was how they went from the slowest, the second slowest team in the NFL uh, to the fastest just because of that addition um, – of Tyreek Hill, and obviously we still have the speed of Jalen Waddle, who has been awesome this season, and just shows how important Tyreek Hill is. I just it's crazy to me how the Chiefs were able to lose him and hang in there. I guess that's just how good of a coach Andy Reid is. Um, but McDaniel, I'm a big fan of right now, uh, so I, I'm I'm glad to see um, the Dolphins be a good team. I'm, I'm a fan of Tua. Uh, Monster has been solid this year as well, and just yeah, that receiving core. Um, with Jacecki, another good tight end. But, yeah, that receiving core has just been the main um, catalyst, I would say, for that Dolphins offense all season. Uh, so with all the games covered, uh, we'll just do a quick preview of Monday Night Football. Um, currently it is 4 o'clock on Monday, uh, so the Bears game did not start yet. But um, Bailey Zappi, I think if he has another good game, uh, it's going to be really hard to take him out. Um, for Mac Jones, who who I wouldn't say was awful this season, but he he has definitely struggled at times. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, there. But I think this is a huge game for the Patriots. Um, obviously, with the Jets and Bills being so good, a loss here would really hurt them um, going into midseason for that divisional race. Um, but yeah, I think that um, a win tonight, which obviously they're favorite against the Chicago Bears, who uh, we'll talk about in one second but uh yeah I think the Patriots they still always just find a way to hang in there uh Stevenson the running back is I'd say a pretty solid playmaker for them um but besides that I don't think they have uh that much uh talent their defense obviously is going to continue to hang in there um all season but yeah I think just the quarterback controversy is going to really take off um if Zappi continues to play how good um, he has been, right now 2-0 as a starter. If he wins tonight, uh, he'll be 3-0. and um, I was almost able to come into that one um, Packers game and win it in the second half, um, but they, it didn't really seem like they were trying to win that game. 
um, weirdly enough, but I, I, yeah, I think that um, the pa- Patriots have more of a going to have more of a conversation than you really think. A lot of people think it'll be handed back to Mac Jones, but at this point, uh, you can't do that. They're they're both drafted a year apart. I mean, I know they're drafted. The rounds separate them pretty far, but I mean, Zappy isn't making that much more money than Mac Jones, and if you got a guy like that, you don't really have to worry about. Uh, how you drafted Mac Jones and want to have make sure he's the guy. I think Bailey Zappi, he was awesome at Western Kentucky. Um, 65 touchdowns broke Joe Burrow's record um, from the year before. So, yeah, last season he was outstanding offensively. And I, this guy, I mean, he's had to work for everything he's got. I know so is Mac Jones, but he has been a five-star guy throughout the majority of his, his entire high school career. Um, and then at Alabama had such a good offense around him. Bailey Zappi's just, I think, a different breed of players. He had to work very hard um, for everything he got. He was all over the place in his college career, injured a lot, and then that one season he had at Western Kentucky dominated um, for a Division I football team. And Just those 65 touchdowns right now is still a college football record, and it's going to be tough to break. Just the way football is going now, I think they'll probably be able to break it at some point. Um, But, yeah, I think – that's a conversation that's going to have to be had, and that's going to be the main story around the Patriots um, for the foreseeable future until um, one of those guys wins that job outright. And right now it's going to be really hard um, to take out Zappi. Um, the Bears right now sit at 2-4, two and four, uh, two consecutive losses. Last week to the last game against the Commanders was embarrassing to say the least, and I think it's a big question mark. What is Justin Fields going to do tonight? Is a guy like Bill Belichick going to really, really hurt his um, confidence? And I think that's something that the Bears should really think about. How you're going to just, I'm sure Belichick has had a game plan um, for fields throughout the past couple weeks. And I think it's going to be a big test for how um, Matt Eberflus is able uh, to handle things. I think you still obviously have to throw the ball. Last week, they threw the ball a lot more than they have in the past. The past two weeks, I've said, I would say they've, they've been definitely throwing the ball, not just continuously running the ball over and over again, um, which when you saw the Bears' numbers in the beginning of the season, it was almost embarrassing. Um, just historic lows of amount of passes they've been throwing. Um, but yeah, I think it's all going to depend on the play of Justin Fields and if Balachek was able to come up with a scheme in order to stop him. I think they probably will be able to. I think they're going to send a lot of blitzes just knowing how bad the pass um, protection has been. Justin Fields last week was down a lot, got hit, pr- looked pretty banged up a lot of the game, all limping around just because how hard he's been hitting, um, been getting hit. And the offensive line just really struggles um, in terms of that um, pass blocking. And, yeah, the drop passes has been horrendous. I think the rece- they, they caught Smith-Marset, who single-handedly lost the Vikings game, I would say, by allowing the ball just to get taken out of his hands. Um, but he ended up getting cut. Um, and, yeah, I think the Bears, that's going to be their main question mark is how these receivers end up playing, if they can hang on to the ball, things like that, how the offensive line holds up, and how Justin Fields makes these decisions. What if Is he going to make the right decision? I know there's times last week when he, he made the incorrect read, he, he st- stared down uh, that number one option receiver and ended up not going to them. Um, also had one bad interception. I come out over the middle, ends up whipping it into a lineman's helmet. That pop, popped up, got intercepted. 
he had a tight end um, wide open for a touchdown. Um, that ended up being an overthrow, a major overthrow. Wasn't even close to hauling it in. Uh, so, yeah, that was the main issue for Fields. And I think the defense is going to be all right. I think just with – I don't think the Patriots will be able to run the ball very well um, against the Bears next week. But I also think um, that Bailey Zappi is going to do pretty well um, against the corners for the Chicago Bears. I think Jalen Johnson's due for a good game. Uh, he's been pretty mediocre after also being injured a lot this year. But he's the number one corner right now. Uh, Kyler Gordon has been okay this season. Um, and the rookie secondary has been all right. Obviously, you got Roquan Smith, who I'd say is the best middle linebacker in the league. You wonder what they're going to do with Robert Quinn. I think this week might have a big impact on that. Uh, I think the Bears could be second in the division right now uh, with a win and with the way the Packers are trending. I think if the Bears go out there and go play um, a positive game and I think go head in the right direction, Fields has a bigger game. I think if they get killed, it might be time to go into rebuild mode. Uh, get rid of Robert Quinn, who's really your only veteran player you have who had a very good year last season. Um, and just think about what you're going to do for the future, what positions you're going to address, if it's offense or defense, um, whatever decision uh, you decide to make at that point. So, um, that's really all we have covered the whole week. Um, and yeah, so Wednesday we got um, World Series preview. It's going to be a good one. I'm The Yankees end up getting swept, um, which is shocking to me. And I think um, just shows how, how good of a franchise uh, the Houston Astros are at this point. Um, Phillies end up winning that one 4-1, to one, and I think it's going to be a pretty competitive World Series uh, just the way the Phillies have been playing. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, and hope to see you Wednesday for the live show um, on 88.3 WXAV and eventually um, on Spotify. So um, thank you all for listening, and um, I'll see you Wednesday.